Hello and welcome <laughs> to Hard Lore Stories from Tour. It's not fest, baby. Episode four. Yeah. I think we're taking the numbers yeah. out of the titles because well, like, who cares? Because it's gonna get confusing. Yeah. But who do we got today, Colin? Oh my god. We've got the universally beloved music and television star Andy Williams. Andy, thank <laughs> Hi, you. Hi guys. Hey. You're looking good though. Yeah, real cool. I'm Where in, are you um, at? Hotel in Baltimore, uh, Maryland. Delicious. You going to Jimmy's yeah. Famous Seafood tonight or what? I was hoping so, but I got in late and then I had to do this podcast. But I don't know. Oh. I'm sure tomorrow <laughs> I will eat some sort of Jimmy's Seafood. I'm I'm pretty sure. Okay, Excellent. good. I've never had it. It's like the American Ribera. It is. It is I would, oh. The American Ribera is a great comparison. They need, they need a Jimmy's Seafood jacket. I would love to wear one. <laughs> I know for a fact that you would. I know. Um, you know, the the parallel, I, I feel like music and wrestling are kind of the two worlds where touring is like an absolute certainty if you want. I have to one more, stand-up comedy. Stand-up oh. comedy. That makes All sense. three are like the exact same. But stand-up comedy, though, I mean, like, save for like D- Dane Cook <laughs> physically. Well. Well, because he's putting his body on the line every time he's up there. Just people want to <laughs> yeah. kill him. But, like, wrestlers and musicians, we are, I mean, wrestlers more so, obviously, but we're beating the shit out of ourselves every time we're yeah. up there. So yeah. just, like, like a, a regular person, if they felt what it felt like to just be in your body for a day, I feel like they'd fall <laughs> when I was when, when I was, like, touring and wrestling at the same time, that would be, if I could transfer that pain to someone, they would be like, dude, you're, you're insane. You're an insane <laughs> human being. So yeah. Now I'm like glad that like touring is kind of off for a bit. And, uh, well, cause you're, you know, you're touring. <laughs> like, it was, it was, I, I'm, yeah. Cause I just do touring. it one day a week though. <laughs> so awesome. How cool is that? Yeah. That's, that's, it's, the, that's the best part. It, yeah. it was when I saw, I went the first time I went to like an, a, like an indie thing, uh, Brody was wrestling in Chicago for this is progress, progress. Yeah, yeah. Progress, yeah. I remember that. And yeah, and and um I realized like oh, he's selling t-shirts. He's watching the, everybody else work. Like it's it's literally it's just like oh, this this is like touring. Like Yeah. It it's the same shit. It's it's fun like Colin, I don't but I don't know if you've made it to a show yet, but like the old uh PWG was like exactly a hardcore show or a punk a show, show or mm-hmm. or a metal show. Like it was just like and I remember like the first time I had went to a PWG, like I didn't, I didn't really have any ambition to like wrestle in a ring in front of a crowd. I just wanted to kind of like bump around for like pepper and the boys yeah. in Buffalo and that's it. And then I remember I went to a PWG show in like, it was like 2014 or something like that. And it was just like, Oh my God, here are my people. Like I, yeah. I, this is what I want to do. This is, this is what I want. And it was exactly the same thing. When I went to my first like punk show, like when I knew what I was going to see, you know what I mean? It wasn't just like, Oh, here's like some friends playing in like a garage or something like that at a party. It was like, you know, sick of it all. I went, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I remember like that, that show, there was just like, just mayhem i'd never seen before and then it was like oh wow i know these this is like i don't know these people but like i kind of know these people but i already am them in a way yeah yeah yeah. i mean i you know aside from going to like wwe shit when i was a kid 
and then going to like a couple of AEW things. I went to a um a GCW thing in like a yep. in like a it's out in the burbs here in like a indoor soccer place and it was yeah. like people are sitting on whatever people are I saw friends who I hadn't seen in years. Yeah, yeah. And we all kind of shared this thing and they were like what are you doing here and I was like what are you you know it's it's a yeah. very it's such a weird um fan diagram of like yeah. crossover and and you're finding yourself like directly in the middle. Yeah. Well the the good thing is that at, like anyone who's written a song can wrestle a wrestling match. It's very similar to like putting a song together is just like putting a wrestling match together. There's ups and downs and peaks and valleys and you can't really, yeah, it really is. It's exactly like uh, I'm on this, that thing I was telling you about off camera, a podcast I'm going to do is, is yeah. essentially that is where it's like, uh, like crossing the world of like music with wrestling and like other art forms that literally are exactly the same. It's just, <clears throat> we all speak a language and like, Ooh. like, Bo, like you and I know guitar, like that's a language that we speak. Colin knows like a hundred different fucking languages because he knows every fucking instrument. And like see, wrestling see. is a different language. And like, it's dude, it's crazy how like the similarities and it's like without a guitar, I can go in there and play a song with a dude's body <laughs> and he can <laughs> do the same thing with mine. And it's, it's, it's the same like kind of thing. Like when you, when you put a match together. That's structure. Awesome. Like every great match has an amazing mosh part, basically. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Always. When I first met you, Andy, yeah, I think it was like 2010, 2011, you know? So this mm -hmm. is pre like the like inner, the like social media, new Japan boom of like Kenny mm -hmm. the Bucks and stuff. So me just mentioning to you, like, Hey, I like wrestling. You were like, you, what do you mean? Like, yeah. Like you like wrestling. And then you told me, that it like you gave it a shot, but hurt your knee at some point. So like, yeah, you had already ruled it out. Yeah. And now here you are. Yeah. It, dude, About it's, to it's eat really Jimmy weird. seafood with the fresh new jacket on baby. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm I'm trying to just fill my face with seafood and uh, never think about that. Like that is like, uh, I, I don't know, man. It was, I, there, there was like something that happened in England with a fight. And it was like the first time I'd gotten like beat up in a mm. long time. Mm. Like I'd gotten beat up in a really long time. But at that time, I didn't give a shit about my body. I, I was literally just stoked about being like a fat guitar player in a band. And I just kind of let myself go. And I remember like a fight happening where like I got hit with a bottle. I got kicked in the face. And I remember like after the fight, I was just like, well, that's never going to happen again. And I like got home. Uh, I think like Grapplers Anonymous opened like not that far after that, but I had been like working out and then going to California and training with Josh Barnett and like just doing stuff like that, where like I was just going out and rolling with them. And then we would kind of like break into like little pro wrestling yeah, things, you know what I mean? And then yeah. he was kind of showing me the ropes. And like I said, I, I was going out to California. And then when I went to that PWG show, it was just like, all right, that's it. This is it. Oh, that's it was, so cool. uh, yeah. Well, I have a excellent story. That ties all of that together. You got a story, Bo? Yeah, I got a, I got a story, but it, it's directly tied to me. There we go. All right. <laughs> all right. So the year is 2003, I believe, maybe 2002. Okay. 
I, I'm a freshman, can't drive. Uh-huh. Chris Mills is a sophomore, doesn't have his license yet. My dad picks us up and drives us <laughs> in, into the city to the fireside to see yeah. American Nightmare, Every Time I Die, Suicide Final, oh, yeah. Hope Conspiracy. Yeah, Woo! what a show. First, first hardcore show ever. Yeah. But I was like a huge, for whatever reason, I was a huge American Nightmare guy at the time. Yeah. I was like fucking obsessed. And I liked all the other bands. It was the first time I had like heard or seen every time I die. And like, yeah, I was so obsessed with getting a good spot for AN <laughs> that I was like, I have to be a front. Yeah. I was like 14, you know? Yeah. And Jordan was almost hitting me with his guitar, like scary. And it was, that was the first time where I was like, Oh, the bands can be scary too. Yeah. That's, that's something. Haven't thought about that one. Then, <laughs> dude, and then the whole AN set, I just knelt on the stage and tried to grab West hand the entire time to grab the yeah. mic. I was yeah. fucking, I was a punisher. And then yeah. Colin, you'll love this. Then outside, uh, Chris and I were talking to Jared Alexander who like, I didn't realize, but Chris being a drummer was like, Oh my God. Right. And he was like, yeah, I just got done. Uh, recording the new throwdown LP, which was Haymaker. Like, <laughs> it's crazy, blah, blah, blah. And we were like, oh, wow. And I, I went, Jason Alexander, isn't that the Seinfeld guy? <laughs> and he went, no, no, it's Jared. And I said, oh, man, sorry about that. Hey, can I use your cell phone? And I used his what? cell phone to call my dad. Awesome. Up. Awesome. You, dude, I was just like a terrible punisher the whole fucking night. Have and you ever told him that's... I've, so I've only met Wes or no, I've never met Jared Alexander. Yeah. I met Wes like way later on and I just didn't want to bring it up. Of course. It was so long ago. I was actually, before we started, I was, uh, there's a picture of me, a little edge hoodie trying to grab Wes. It was, I love that. Man. But like, you know I remember probably... seeing you and I remember thinking like, that's a, that's a big man. <laughs> like, I, I'm a, that's a large man on that stage. Yeah, 2003 too. I was I was pretty skinny yeah. at that time. Yeah. But you're tall. You've always like yeah. it's not like right. Um, that who- I remember. Chicago used to be terrifying to me because that was the only other place where there were big people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone, you had like Luke from The Killer, and I mean Remus was a maniac at that time. There was like Killers. a bunch of yeah. There was a bunch of Shane Sinecrosis. I could. Uh, I mean Shane yeah. still books like. 90% of all the hardcore shows. Good. You know, and there are, what's funny about shows like that too, is like, that was a sold out show at the fireside, which they would like, they would, it was a bowling alley, Colin. So like yeah. they would let people like basically be on the lanes fill over. So there really wasn't like a cap. That's so, like, that sounds so slippery. I know. It was awesome. It's, it, it's our like CBs. Like you can find yeah. AFI playing there, youth of today, or maybe shelter like later, you know, but blah, blah, blah. But like every band, I have, Please. I have a story. Please. You have a story? I have a buried alive. Right. I have a buried alive story from Fireside. So at the time, Charlie Mark couldn't tour. So gotcha. I always toured. I always toured with Buried Alive. And hmm. um, and then he kind of took my spot when like Etid kind of started like doing things. But like I remember at that show, I remember walking in. I was terrified because it was a fireside bowl. And like you said, it was kind of like Chicago's like CBGB. So it was kind of intimidating. And like, yeah. I can't remember the show. I think like maybe Martyr played the show or so I, I can't remember the show, but it was definitely buried alive. Um, All out war. 
someone else, possibly Turmoil. That's a gig, man. Anyways. Yeah, yeah. Put that at MSG this year. Dude, before package touring, like before package touring, shows were so cool. And it was kind of like gambling, like a casino, because like you, one, there was no internet. So like you literally were just riding up to a show and then you'd be like, holy shit, like turmoil's on the show. Like, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it just would happen and you'd be like, sure. oh, wow, I get to see all these cool bands. But this day isn't about any of that. It's about Vogel like yelling at me like a child at one. Like the first time I'd ever been yelled at. And mind you, there's like times where me and Vogel have almost fought. Like I would, I'd probably say about 20 different times where like we were literally red in the face. And it's just because we like, love each other so much. And like, I want to kill him a lot of times, but um, this time I remember like, dude, I, was, I was 17 years old and I started touring with them, like 17. Like you were his not, young boy. What was that? You were his young lion. Straight up. Literally, I was a young boy. So like, I, I remember like getting the merch in there, putting it on the ground. The other bands had their spot. And obviously that's fucking intimidating. You're a 17 year old kid and you're like seeing bands that you love and you have to go up to them and be like, Hey man, can you like make room for me? Right. Well, I didn't know any of that etiquette. This is like five, five shows in or something like that, that I'm like finally touring for the first time. And I look over, I grab Vogel and I go, dude, I don't know where to put this merch. And he just grabs me. He goes, Hey, I brought you on tour to do fucking merch. You do the fucking merch. Go fucking take care of it. And I was like, like I immediately like got mad and I was like, Ugh! and I, I remember like going like Joe Orlando and that I, I like the other dudes in very live being like, I, I'm mad right now. And I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know where to put this fucking merch. There's no room for it. Blah, blah, blah. Like not understanding that you could just go up to a human being and say like, Hey man, can I just get like a little bit of room here? Blah, blah. I had no idea. I didn't know the etiquette, but that was like the first time Vogel ever yelled at me. And I remember being like, it was in the fireside bowl. Like, you know, when you like walk in and then right to the right, right where the, there used That's to be like little benches. Be. Yep. Yeah. And I'm standing there like that. And I just dude, red face tears in my eyes. Like, <laughs> like I wanted to kill him. But at the same time, I'm like looking at Scott Vogel, you know what I mean? Like yeah. at that time he was like, I don't, he was our Hogan. You know what I mean? He was no, Buffalo's no, Hogan. Absolutely. He still is. Yeah. <laughs> He's Buffalo's Hogan. Yeah. And he moved away. And now he's back. And now he's back. You ever see uh, him? Yeah. No, unfortunately, no. Every single time we like try to hang out, something happens. Later on, b- being in a band with Warchief after he was done touring <laughs> with Buried Alive was very yeah. reminiscent of that experience every single day. <laughs> yeah, I can, only, <laughs> can only imagine. Can I can only uh, imagine. I met Scott way later in his life, you know? Yeah, yeah. I did too. Um, He's just like he never yelled at you guys. He's never, never. yelled at me. Never. I've only toured with him <laughs> once, and it was I've never worked for. I'm like one of like eight people in LA who's never worked for Terror. Yeah, that are that are thirty and up. Dude, I've so, worked yeah. for Terror. See, yeah, and I, everyone's worked for Terror. One or of my buried alive. Everyone's worked for Vogel. <laughs> sure. The, yeah, the Vogel uh, Enterprises. You know. Yeah. Um, I I met Scott like we were both on the same diet at the same time. So and I met him way earlier, but this it got to a point where there was like three months where I hung out with Scott every day. Yeah, like it was just like, like you're gonna three eat. years ago. Like I'm yeah, like yeah. the same guy as then. Right. So it's pretty funny. Yeah. Did you guys do anything cool when you hung out? We hiked or is it every just, day. That's the story. 
We hyped Trevor's like me. He would be like, he'd be like, what do we like? You know, or like, what do we hate? Yeah. Like at the beginning of every hype. Everything. And then you get like the random like words that he makes up. Choice. And he's just oh, asking yeah. you a question. And you're like, oh, am I choice today or am I moist? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> oh, I don't yeah, know. Or I don't... 10 seconds of silence and then just him being like, I'm moist. Yeah. yeah. When, when we. Choice. When we first toured with them and we were talking about like, he found out that I was like me and James were like youth crew kids on this yeah. first tour we did with them, but like huge, he had two iPods with him on this 2011 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. two normal ass iPods. <laughs> and he made us take them for the drive. He was like, yeah, he has everything sh- on there. There's shit in here. You're never going to hear. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, listen to that. And James and I were like, okay. And that was, that was it. He was always chill. I do have to say this, like Colin, you and I had this conversation before where, where I was like, I don't know if I was asking you or your, uh, I was asking you or you about your brother, about listening to bands who are like heavy, but not heavy. And I remember like throwing you some bands and I remember you being like, I mean, I think I would take a chance. My brother would never listen to that. Like, I remember that. So the, this story is like that Buried Alive was like, uh, kind of what you were saying, Bo, like when I, when I first started touring with Buried Alive, I was like, if it wasn't from New York City, I just didn't want anything to do with it. So it was just every New York band. And then obviously I liked some like weirder stuff, but like, not like it was majority, like, you know, New York hardcore. And like, that was a majority of, or anything from the East coast. And I remember touring with them. And I remember like them listening to like the Turner, like turning point stuff when the guys like sold out. And then being like, holy shit, like behind these walls might be the greatest hardcore song of all time. Of all time. <laughs> so it got to a point where we would listen to that song every single day. So as soon as we got in the van, we would turn that song on and we would do it. And then I was like listening to like melodic, like vocals for the first time. And then like the other dudes were listening to like Chamberlain and like stuff like that. And I was forced to listen to like, music with melody <laughs> and i remember being like in the van just being like oh not again and that was the time where you had to have like a cd walkman with like a huge booklet of like cds right and then you had to have money for batteries and like there'd be times where the batteries would be dead you know what i mean just shit like that like and i'd just be sitting in the van and then like listening to music that i never would listen to and then going home and being like, well, I have to go to the store and buy that record now. Mm. <laughs> and like buying like a dude, Radiohead records and like yeah. weird, just shit. I never would listen to. And like, was the, was the it, illusion shattered a bit? Like Scott Vogel listening to nothing but hot water music for 30 days. I'm sure. Was that like, wow. A, I mean a little bit, but it wasn't like, I, I think I was always kind of a little almost famous about touring. Like when I was a kid, I was always so like, in one i'm still like that to this day like i'm 44 years old and like every single time i head to an arena like i'm like i i like walk around like a, a child like looking at everything i possibly can How and then can like you, you know what i mean so like i was a little more like i i was just a little more like in wonder of like the whole situation and like documenting it in my head as much as i possibly could you know what i mean yeah. so there was just weird things that I like would take about touring with Buried Alive where like, like I remember knocking a dude out somewhere 
I'm moshing. Like I had blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I remember he, this guy was the Hogan of whatever scene this was. Mm. And I was like, I, just standing in the middle of the pit. And I remember like, you were very, a little stiff like, with him? Scott saying over the mic, like, Hey, the song goes out to our merch guy, Andy. I just, please go behind the merch right now. And then like <laughs> going behind the merch and then the entire show wanting to beat me up and then like getting thrown in a van and then like being scared, like, Oh my God, I have to go back to that city in like two months or whatever. And I remember oh, like going shit. back with every time I die and the, this one dude was on the side of the stage, just staring at me the whole time. And I'm just like, Oh my God, like these dudes are going to beat me up. And then it was this dude's band played next. And then he grabs the mic and he's like, he points me out. <laughs> and then apparently the dude who I knocked out had done something really sketchy in the time period that I had been there. And the entire crowd like cheered for me, knocking <laughs> this guy out like five years before this or whatever, three years or two years or whatever it was like, and I just have the, like, with Buried Alive, I have these like weird little like childhood memories because I was a kid, like when I did it. Dude, Chicago, Carrie Hausen, I fish hooked Carrie Hausen in a crowd. Oh no. I used to like high cross body people. <laughs> and like I, I remember like high cross bodying like a part of the crowd. And then I heard a guy, I didn't know, I I, I never knew about the stuff and then as i was standing up like carrie was right there and i grabbed her face and like fish hooked her oh and like God. pulled as i stood up wearing like a full fubu like basketball outfit <laughs> that was your gimmick at the time i was gonna I ask you guys i did have a gimmick carrie carrie's like the miss elizabeth of chicago she is the best yeah just like carrie is like a legend a, a beloved legend. a beloved chicago lady yeah her and i another 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 very life story we were in like St. Louis or like Carrie every once in a while in like the Midwest, Carrie would like drive to a few shows with us. Like she would drive separate or whatever. And like dudes would like get in the car with her and then we would drive the van. And, and I remember this one time we were somewhere, we had to get to this house and the only place they had for us to sleep was like right in this area where like kitty litter had been spilled. Come on, brother. We so, all like, live that one. But here's the thing is, and like, you could agree with me with this bow, like Carrie was like older than us. Yeah. And I like way older than us, uh, not like way older than us, but like at that time when you're 17 and someone's like, like 21, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's like way older. Like Vogel was 21 when I was 17 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And him and Carrie were the same age. But I remember like being like, I can believe I'm sleeping in cat shit right now, but I can't believe Carrie Housen is sleeping in, in cat <laughs> shit right now. Like it was the weirdest thing. And like, we, you know, we were all sleeping in this room and like no one could sleep. So you'd hear people at like five in the morning, just like, like grumble over and then hear like the rocks, like sliding oh, and like man. the kitty litter and shit like that. Like, oh man. Uh, Tour lore guys or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hard lore, dude. Yeah. This is what <laughs> it's about. Is dude, your... we... We went to uh, the UK in like 2016 or something, and we were sleeping on someone's floor outside of Leeds, and we walked in, and the the fur the only smell was cat urine. Yeah, that was it. It's it, there's no mistaking that smell. It's like one of the most like skunk, you know, <laughs> fresh cut grass. Uh -huh. Like there's no mistaking yeah. it. It's there for and, life too. As soon as yeah, it's, it's, it's brutal. Uh. 
And our the guy who was playing bass with us at a time at the time is like deathly alert, like sleep in the van, allergic to cats. Yeah. So and so we were like, oh, you guys have a cat, uh, Aaron. You should probably. And they're like, no. Just, just no. Just no sold the cat, and there was absolutely a cat somewhere. There was a yeah. litter box that we found. <laughs> maybe it was a sore subject. Maybe it was the worst. Sore, yeah, maybe. What's maybe the, the cat worst? Just passed. Is that the worst place you ever stayed? Like, what's the oh. worst place you ever stayed? Oh, I got, I got. Colin, you go, and then I'll go, and I'm sure Andy's. Let's rebuttal this too. If anyone's yeah. listening and we stayed with you at some point in time, it doesn't mean we're not like appreciative. Of course. You just you just gotta clean up a little bit. It, it means a lot to, to offer your home to strangers and or the band that you're seeing that day. But like holy yeah. fuck. Sometimes like a whole family is sharing a towel and like, oh. and they're like, Yeah, we have yeah. a towel. Go ahead and you, like go you can use yeah. you can use our yeah. towel. Um the worst place there. I mean, I, I'm not going to name names here, but uh, in Ohio, after a show we played that this person booked, it's very similar to your cat situation, except the yeah. living room was like the dog, like the dog peed. Like that was his place that he peed. Mm-hmm. So, I, I had no idea about this. So I had this really nice, like, REI sleeping pad that I was, like, so psyched about. You know how you could just open them up and it would just self-inflate in, like, 10 minutes? Yeah. yeah. Put it right in a nice pile, and it was just <laughs> gone, dude. But I'm, yeah. I'm sure, oh, you know, I've said it, like, some, like, rebel squats in Europe. Like, you're, it, yeah. it's, all, it's in Europe, wherever the actual worst place I've been in is. It's no. In, like, yeah. Uh, I, got, I got one. <laughs> okay. I got one. Right, is, was that yours? Sorry. How to cut you off. I, you're going to think of 10. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We we had a 36-hour travel day to Bangkok. Oh. Brutal. We get to Bangkok. It's the middle of the night, but it's like 95 degrees. We, uh, we eventually... The, a thing about people from Thailand, which I found out, you know, Andrew Morrissey lived there forever and blah, blah, blah. It's like Thai people, not to be like generalized or anything, but Thai people are like very... Like 9 o'clock can be... 945. There's no like rush. So we we got picked up later than expected. The only thing open to eat and the only thing that we were like willing to stomach because James had just or no, this was later. But anyway, we we ate chips from fucking 7-Eleven, you know. Fuck yeah. And we get to the we get to the hotel again, covered in cats and just like smelling and just like, well, this is what hey, we're in Thailand. Like, who are we to fucking yeah. whine, right? We get a, we get up to the room, and we have them actually order another room because nobody wants to sleep on the floor. I saw a cockroach, you know, like please, like we got to get another room. And the and we asked when we were getting another room, like how much is this other room? And it was like eighteen dollars American. And so we were like, huh? And while we're there, and it's we don't have cell phone service to communicate. They're like, okay, we'll see you tomorrow, ten a.m. We'll come pick you up. We don't have a way to tell them, hey. We looked up rooms at the Hyatt, and it's uh, thirty-five dollars a night. Pick us up from there, and we just had to, like, I got one of those sleeping bag like sheets, and was just in it because I was I fucking can't stand cockroaches, and I was just like this all night, just sweating, jet lagged, no AC. Real classic, insane. This is just insane. Yeah. Have either of you guys taken that weird wooden bus that goes from Saint Petersburg, Russia, to? Um... 
the other Moscow. Never been to <laughs> Russia, but please tell yeah, us never about been. the bus. Dude, it's okay. No air conditioning. Sweaty as hell. It's made out of wood, dude. Like wood. The bus, it, the and frame of the vehicle is wood? Is is like there's metal, but then there's like wood. So it just creaks the whole time. And oh, dude, it's like yeah. you're in it for like 15 hours. Like you have a bunk, you're like, oh, okay. You're, okay. you're going. It, dude, it's awful. There's like one bathroom per like every like, you know, thing, like whatever those things are, but train thing. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, what is it called? I don't know. Car. Car. There you go. Train car. So like everyone shares this one bathroom. It's sweltering hot, like sweltering hot. And it's me, Holland and someone else in this room. So Chris Holland, like big sweaty Chris Holland. <laughs> dude, I get in this room. I get in my underwear and li- dude, I'm not a sleeper. I don't sleep. Like I sleep six hours. Like I, that's like a long night for me. Like I just, I've never been a sleeper. Dude, I slept for 15 hours uh. in sweltering hot. I don't know how Holland didn't sleep an ounce, like not one. He didn't sleep a second to the night. And the other person that was in there didn't sleep the entire night and i literally like woke up and was like we, as we were pulling in like hey guys like the worst the worst environment for me is this train situation sure. yeah, yeah. And, I, and i was out the entire time i don't know how it happened Dude, it was for you, just man. your body's like fight or flight response yeah like, you fought and great. you flight you flight <laughs> well Ita did do a tour where we only did one star hotels the entire tour we did one star hotels that was like, the choice. point that was the Obviously. gimmick for that one that was, that was literally the gimmick that we were going to try to get one star hotels. And there was, we had a, um, I can't remember the fucking tour it was, but we had one of those sprinter vans that were like decked out. Mm-hmm. So like four people could sleep in there and you could like, you know how it is when you go on tour, like you just kind of fit wherever you fit. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So six would sleep in there every night. So then whoever was driving and sitting shotgun would just go in the room and like sleep. But it was a one-star fucking hotel. So, like, there's nothing worse than me walk into a hotel and there's a folding chair. So, like, there's a folding chair in the corner, which I found. I recently found out that that is a, a pimp chair, they call it. So Inside like, the room? Inside the room, there's oh, the, so the, nor- the normal oh. shit. And then he sits and watches mm. so nothing weird happens. And I had no idea about You know, I like, had no idea about that. So me and our tour manager, Mike, at the time, we usually drove. So like we would sleep in the room and like sometimes it wasn't that bad. Like it was just like, okay, here's a bed. You check it. Cool. Blah, blah, blah. There was a day, dude, where I was sitting there. I I remember it was like really early, dude. We slept. We we probably drove until like three in the morning, got in there. And it was like 7 a.m. at this time. Mm -hmm. And I wake up to like something like (laughs) crawling on my hand. And I wake up, dude, and there's just a trail of bugs just heading towards my face, dude. Oh. And I was like, I, how long has this been going on for? Like, yeah, all, all like, night. Like, <laughs> dude, it, Did you ever oh, have a run-in with a, with, a, with a pimp outside of a hotel? Never. Or? No, oh, never dude. like that. But it was just like, like, I remember like mentioning that to someone and they were like, oh, that was a pimp chair. And I was like, okay, that makes, I've never stayed in a hotel yeah, ever yeah, right. that had one of those ever again. In uh, in Louisville one time, uh, God's Hate was going to Waffle House when we were approached by an employer of sorts. And oh, his yeah. this quote 
in order to get us to buy his services was I got three bitches and one of them bad. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Well, no one else you need to know. I got three bitches and one of them bad. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You reminded me of something with that. Yeah. With the, I didn't even think of like a hotel being the worst place I've ever stayed. Mm. But the Motel 6 down the street from Graceland in Memphis. Yeah. yeah. There's like one vacant room because everybody else lives in one. Oh, so Christ, like one of those. We were like parked in a spot where a guy came out and was like, hey, that's my spot. Like in a Motel 6 parking lot. And Sean Martin is driving going like, what the fuck do you mean? It's my-? And like Sean is like, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, he goes from like the nicest man in the world to like, I'm fucking insane. To, as we <laughs> yeah. saw in the last episode. Uh, so we just had to leave. It was like, that yeah, was bad. One time, early days of touring, so we would definitely only get like one, whatever the cheapest on Priceline room was. And I was laying on the on the ground next to the only bed. I kind of did one of these and stretched and reached my hand under the bed. And my finger, my fingers rolled over a uh, syringe. Nice. Yeah, super sick. And I was like, yeah. that was cold and glass, you know. And I checked, and sure enough, there was like a needle and everything on it. And somebody oh, was dude. looking for that. And you yeah, found somebody it. was like, oh, <laughs> I left it there. Yeah, fuck. Um, I I got two more uh, weird places. One, I worked on like a Coheed and Cambria DVD. Mm-hmm for Doug Spangenberg and Doug like purposely it was it the crew was me Doug Anderson Bradshaw from another victim and I can't remember the other person but there was uh four of us in that stayed in the it was in New York City the Roosevelt or something like that it's dude it's terrible and the first night um I Doug took like a sleeping pill or something like that. And he was like that. And I was like, Hey, I'm going to go to the the store real quick. Do you want anything? And I walk in and I do these shitty things where I'll spend money just to like make someone laugh. So I bought this dumb fucking mask. I came back, woke up. He was like half asleep. I'm fucking standing there with a fucking mask, blah, blah. (laughs) Two seconds later, it's off and in the garbage and like never wore it again. You know what I mean? Like that type of thing. We're in this, we're in the, it's the worst thing ever. And we're standing there. Anderson Bradshaw knocks on the door. He comes, he goes, dude, there were porn bags <laughs> like under the sheets. And then like under the sheets, there were porn bags, like, like you know, comforter over he, mm-hmm. he did porn, porn bags. Then he opened up one of the, one of the things and like four cockroaches run by, like opened up a drawer, four cockroaches run by. So later that night, for some reason, he's now awake, even though he's got sleeping pills in him. We start wrestling and, and it's my, it's like two 30, like five-year-old dudes like wrestling in a fucking, he was like 38 at the time. Anyways, we're doing like, next thing I know, he takes, he takes like, like the lamp. I don't know if I can like move this right now, but he takes like a lamp and just throws it at my head and it just, well, boom, like wax my head. And I'm like, like it literally like blasted me. Like the fuck, I grab him. I start, you know, we start throwing each other around or whatever like that. All we start noticing that like the room is, it looks smoky now, but it was oh. just all the like dander, dirt, oh, and fuck. shit. Just like, and now the room smells like dried shit. 
Like, you know, dried shit. Like, it's not shit oh, yeah. anymore. It's just kind of dried shit. It's just. It's stale. Dude. The air is stale. So then we, we decide to see if who can do a nip up first on the bed. So he's on his bed. I'm on my bed. And we're doing like, we're trying to do nip ups. And like, he nips up in two. I never got to a nip up. I was next to like the old iron radiator. Mm-hmm. As I'm trying to nip up on like the second one, my calf tightens up. Like does like the old calf tighten up thing. I freak out in the air, fall in between the bed and the wall and the radiator. And the radiator is just burning me, dude. Like it's <laughs> as hot as it can and I'm stuck. But I'm like laughing super hard. And Doug had to actually like pull me up and pull me back on the bed. It was like, it was rough, man. Was this was only rough. you two in this room? Or was there That's more? it. So and you that guys, was it. you guys were like wrestling for only your two enjoyment. Yeah. It was like, yeah. like, were you guys just like, hey, do you want to like, you want to no, have a match? No, it just started or? happening, dude. It just started dude, happening. You guys were like, stop. The, the, <laughs> you stop. The, the, first, the first bone I ever broke was because my friend in sixth grade, we were both full on Attitude Era, like Monday Night mm-hmm. Raw, every Monday kind of guys. Uh, I had a, this futon mattress and we kind of made it shaped vaguely like a table, right? And we mm-hmm. would throw each other through it and blah, blah, blah. And he threw me off the top of a bunk bed, and I tried to land like Mick Foley. I broke my collarbone. That's what these are, sick. brother. And I, dude, I went up to my dad. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Gig marks? Yeah, both from uh, Hogan went over on a, uh, <laughs> the, the pillow buddy. Hogan went over, of course. Yeah. Uh, in a, you know, it was like a ladder match or something I did in my mom's room. And then Taylor did this one. Hit me with Whoa. the D'Lo Brown sky high, baby. Hell yeah. Dude, but I went to my dad and I was and I was like sobbing. My shoulder was dropped. Like it was a bad break, Ugh. you know. I, it fucking yeah. sucked. I went up to my dad and I was like, hey, dad, uh in gym class, like four hours ago, um, my friend Al, who my dad knew, who was also like my best friend, just throwing him under the bus. Al Yes, like, he do. He yeah. like tripped me. And I think it hurt my shoulder. And my dad was just like, it wasn't that noise I heard like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> just knew automatically. I immediately. Yeah. So the other, the other story is this, and it's just, you turn into just, you, every time I die had made me a little soft in the tour world. It got sure. too, it got yeah. too soft. You know what I mean? Like I got, the job got a little cushy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when we went out, on tour i we were in between breaks i i i think it might have been like damn like damn some damn things thing was going on so we couldn't tour and i i just hit up trap them and i was like hey if you guys ever need another guitar player like let me know i'm off so like i had went on tour with with trap them i did like a a few of those scion rock shows with them yeah, and like, the best they were the best what an era uh yeah scion not around anymore i wonder why uh, I mean, just hey, let's spend a ridiculous amount of money on bands that aren't worth it, and uh, hopefully Do, something will come out. Have you ever heard people them talk who can't about buy a car? Yeah. Have you ever heard them reason that? No. That putting on that show was like any of those shows was like less than a single commercial, and if one really? person at them bought a Scion, the show was paid for. No one, no one was buying them, dude. Especially, you know what they the especially show. lost money in? I I did a Scion tour 
playing drums for New Lows, that Ringworm Bitter End one was, and I got yeah. paid. I specifically requested. I was like, New Lows, you don't have to pay me, but I want Scion socks. I got about 40 pairs of them Scion socks. Do you remember them socks? I do. I do. Those I are, they're good socks. And I, <laughs> I got about 35 pairs left. I'll tell you what. Yeah. They were oh, great. That, that's, that, uh, that tour came here, and I missed it. That, uh, Joke's on you, man. Something. Yeah, yeah, I missed you it. You could have seen these like socked up. <laughs> but they, like, they, they would pay like ridiculous money like yeah. for, the, for bands. Yeah. I mean, dude, like... My flight paid for, and I remember telling Trap them, I was like, I'm not going to do this show if, if Zach can't come with me. So, like, Zach Cannon got paid to, like, come do sound <laughs> for Trap them. And, like, I hadn't toured with him in a while. It was fucking awesome, right? Yeah. And, like, anyways, so we that was, those were the Scion shows because there was money there. This was just me going on tour with Trap them. And, uh, oh, man, it was, like, Trap them and maybe... Anyways, I don't know who the fuck my bands were. It doesn't matter. I think Gaza was on it and someone else. And, uh, dude, we lasted three shows. So remember, cushy life. I was living the cushy tour life. Mm -hmm. These dudes go on tour and they're asking people to stay. I think we stayed at like two or three people's houses. And then I was like, guys, I'm going to get a hotel room for everybody every single night. (laughs) Can't do this anymore. Can't do it anymore gonna get a hotel room for you guys and we just we got hotel rooms the rest of the the, the time because i i literally couldn't handle staying in people's houses no there's what? a certain time where i like i can't be an adult and then someone's parent is like oh you guys yeah you playing covers or no like i can't yeah. it's tough can't man I, i'm, I'm yeah. like i'm worth we're all past 30 you know yeah, yeah. I, I don't need this i'm not sleeping on the floor again i own a it's, really nice bed and if yeah. I'm not in it, I'm going to be in one comparable. It sounds, it, I mean, it makes me, it makes us sound, you know, but like, sure. It, dude, it's, we did wonderful. our time though. You okay. know? Yeah. 44 years old, man. I ain't sleeping around. I can't, no. I can't do it. <laughs> you like, like, especially with what you're doing tomorrow, you know, yeah. with your body. Yeah. The right. floor yeah. is not adequate to your oh, needs. Dude. That last, like the last ETED tour. I mean, I, I had to wrestle Ishii and Orange, like in the middle of the tour or whatever. And I remember we were obviously like, don't want to get into it. The band was having problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just remember like, I remember sound checking and like Tony Khan kept calling me and he was, I kept calling me and I was like, guys, I have to stop sound checking. My boss is calling me. <laughs> I went outside and he was like, hey, uh, can you be in like Norfolk, Virginia next week, Wednesday? And I was like, well, we're supposed to play Roswell, New Mexico. I think that that can uh, might be hey a guys, is, it, is it cool if I go do this? One? Is it cool if I skip and, Roswell? Like, <laughs> what was that? Is it cool if I skip Roswell, guys? I didn't want to. I mean, I really didn't want to. And they looked, the guys looked like they had a lot of fun. So, um, But I missed Roswell and then went and wrestled Ishii. And like, just from being in a van and like, not sleeping well and stuff like that. Like I tore my bicep in that match oh, and it was, yeah. it was just like, Oh cool. Touring is great. Yeah. <laughs> like I remember being like, all right, like, and like things were starting to kind of like work out the way it worked out. And I was, yeah. I kind of knew I was out at that time. Like anyways, like I knew like three shows into the tour, I was not going to keep up with the band. Like it just wasn't what I wanted to do anymore. And uh, yeah, I remember like, going back to it i remember like 
being like, dude, tour is so hard, man. Like this cushy wrestling job <laughs> that like, yeah, it destroyed my body and stuff, but dude, I'm like sitting in a Marriott right now. And yeah, like, totally. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it's, it's pretty good. I was like, what am I doing? Like, what the fuck am I doing? And like, it, it was, it was a really weird situation, which I'm sure like both of you guys probably have been through numerous times where you're like, eh, is it worth it anymore? Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, whatever happens, you know, you got to get, revitalized and then you know you you keep up on tour and stuff but i remember being very surprised that on the first tour that we did together in 2017 that you guys rolled like 12 deep in just a normal 15 passenger or whatever the green van was everyone everyone was super surprised by that like when we would when we would like roll up we would roll up on tours that we were headlining with bands that had buses and then like at the end of the tour you would literally like I remember like talking oh, yeah. to dudes like in certain bands like that we would we would do like co-headliners so we would be getting paid exactly the same. And I remember be, like at the end of the tour I'd be like holy shit man I'm going to like Fucking go great. somewhere cool yeah. and yeah, like, right, right. you know take on out to a really nice restaurant you know what I mean like just yeah. shit like that. And then you talk to the other dudes the guys in the bus and they're like oh, I don't know man I got to I got to pay bills and blah blah and it was like dude you have a guy on tour doing nothing and you're paying yeah you know what i mean and yeah. dude it, it would hurt my brain dude and you see like young bands just taking dudes out that are just taking their friends money dude like listen to me right now whoever's <laughs> listening to this don't fucking hire your friends hire professionals like just hire fucking professionals to do their fucking job when you hire friends it's gonna fucking end bad <laughs> every single fucking time they're not gonna do their job right and they're taking your fucking money dude like think about that the, I the remember risk, after, sorry, go ahead. The risk of touring also is just kind of what, what, uh, obviously I'm just insane to begin with. So like <laughs> a, a really long tour is taxing no matter what, but like, I don't want to end up like Bo here getting, getting my van stolen every six oh, sh- months. Jesus Christ. All my, sh- like, I gotta admit, dude, I, I honestly, I don't know if there's a band that has worse luck. We, dude. we, Every three, dude, no joke. 2012, we got our van stolen in Chicago. 2015, we got it broken into, had all our passports stolen and shit in Dallas. 2018, we had the trailer stolen. And then in 2021, the world shut down and we missed out on three tours. Literally every three years, something happens. Granted, the last one, that happened to everybody. Harm's way. More like Murphy's Law, am I right? That's true. Dude, you got to stop having equipment. That's yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> That's the kind of the way to do it is just rent everything, I guess. Like it's not cool. actually own stuff and you have no risk. I'll tell you what, man. Now that like, I, and before, Bo, you know me and gear. I'm a fucking yes. monster. So obviously like now I, I can kind of go through my shit and not like worry about that stuff anymore. So it's like been really nice to help my like addiction of gear. Yeah. And, uh, but I did buy this thing called a blue gamp, which was like this big. You sent that to and, me. Dude, we practiced like yeah. the four of us practiced and I like used that and it was so fucking ripping, dude. And I couldn't believe it, dude. It was, it's this big. Like it's, it's just like it's a little, big. yeah, it's like, it's almost like a, it's a preamp pedal. Yeah, you said to me, get one of these immediately. <laughs> but like, dude, you can, especially that like weird amp that you had the weird, like, uh, like 
the Marshall like periphery amp or whatever. You have oh, like yeah, a weird I still have that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Periphery amp. The, the invention. And uh, yeah, and like it was it like this one was louder than that one. If wow. that makes sense, it was, and, but it was like this big. It was just the weirdest thing. I would tour with all little stuff now. And yeah. then when people like go into the, when they, you know, open up the trailer, they're going to go like, what is this stuff? It's not big. It's not big <laughs> stuff. Get little stuff and then they oh. won't want it. I would love oh, for, for drum technology to get to a place where little stuff can be a thing. Just a tiny little thing, dude, but little it sounds stuff. awesome. Yeah. Dude, you know what the, now I'm, I'm heated. You know what the most insane thing about that trailer getting stolen was? <laughs> it was next. We were at the Luxor in the only extended lot yeah. on the strip. That's why we always stay there. Rooms are fucking yeah. cheap. You could park a van with a trailer and it's on the strip. Everybody can do whatever. Mm-hmm. Next door was Mandalay Bay where the worst shooting in American history happened. Yeah. And we get told there's no camera on that lot. This is after the Mandalay Bay shit. It was an inside job. Of course. Dude. You know how in casino it's like, yeah, he's coming, he's coming out of the front desk right yeah. now. Like when we checked into that, the, the, the dude checking us, it was like, so what brings you guys to t- making? And, and then he was like, oh, are you guys in a band? Oh, did you, do you have a trip? You know, kind of thing. Okay. Just go on to make sure. And it's, Inside dude, job, dude. It Always dude. Dude, we stayed at this, like, I mean, this was, this hotel was terrible, but like, it was right on the, you know, those like hotels right on in Jersey, like right when you get in from New York. Yes. Yeah. Like Secaucus, like that, that whole area. Like there's, you can get a hotel for nothing. It was a Howard Johnson right on like the, oh, the, I love the a nine, the nine yeah, or but... whatever that, that comes <laughs> out of there. And uh, dude, it was, there was a, like one of those, it was a gated fence all the way around it. Mm-hmm. Van and trailer right there with a guard walking around the premises. So I remember like walking out and seeing that the, uh, the like lock in our door was like hanging out. And I was like, Oh, and then you could see the door open just like a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, dude, iPods had just come out. All of us had them and they were all sitting in the middle council. Oh, right. So like immediately I'm like, oh, fuck, man, I'm out fucking 600 bucks or whatever. Yeah, the they fuck were it so is. expensive yeah. back then. So expensive. And we opened the fucking door. All of the iPods are there. The guy had to reach over the iPods to grab Jordan's like shitty um, Howard Stern uh, blade, whatever what Howard Stern, whatever thing he was on. What was what was Howard Stern uh, on? Like Not serious, serious. Yeah, he had like a serious thing called a blade. It was a serious like yeah. you know if you're driving, it would sit right here, <laughs> and he had to like run a wire that went out outside. You know that gimmick yep. with like the, yeah. the satellite dish or whatever. Dude, that was the only thing they took. Wow. And it, it had to have been the guard. Like, there was a guard outside. Yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, I don't know how nothing else got stolen, but that guy must have been the biggest Howard Stern fan. He's a big Beatles <laughs> guy, man. But he needed that. Because he, he just, or he looked at our iPods and was like, not into this. Yeah. Like, whatever. just kept looking yeah. at him. Uh, Andy, do you remember on that tour we did in Toronto? Mm-hmm. You cut a promo, and the whole the the whole tour package was down there. Like someone was coming downstairs, and they were like talking shit about. Oh yeah, next yeah, week, yeah. Blah, blah blah. And then he walks into the room full of us. What what? Yeah. Uh, like, do you remember what that was for? Yeah, it was, um, 
there was a promotion in Toronto called Smash. Um, and at the time we were working like regular for them. So like Buffalo is only 70 miles away or right, 90 right. miles away or something like that. So we were regularly working with that. And it, it actually is like one of my like better friends in wrestling, Kevin Bennett. And he was like, he had this like rap gimmick with like a, he had a heavy with him. And we were like leading up to this yeah. match, but he had showed up to the match and like, yeah, I had to like, or showed up to our show or whatever like that. And then had to like cut a promo. It's real weird. Yeah. But smash, if you look up like smash, Kevin Bennett, Andy Williams, you know, it'll probably come up I, somewhere that at least that promo will come up. It's like all of knock loose eternal sleep and arms. Yeah. Way. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. I remember like, for some reason, like, it was like you or someone was like standing there like super hard. And I remember like, <laughs> like wrestling friends being like, yo, where'd you find those guys? There was a guy standing there. Probably Jonas, honestly. Just had to show tattoos, man. Like oh, wrestling yeah, dudes yeah. just like, oh man, had tattoo guys. That, and that, uh, we were talking about this before, but the, the disconnect with wrestling and music is sometimes when a guy's growing up and he like knows he wants to be a wrestler. It's like, all right, I'm going to get super jacked so I can be a wrestler. And when you're like getting super jacked and your life is getting super jacked, you get into music when you're like 25. Yeah. Like you didn't have time in your life to like get into music. So you're like an adult who's like, all right, I'm finally jacked. I I know I'm going to do wrestling. What kind of music is out there? Dude, I'm going to. Yeah. Dude, I. And I, I love all my wrestling friends. Like they're, they're all great, but like, and I, and I told them this, this is probably like two months ago. I was like, guys, I'm, I'm over being mad at people for liking music. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just stupid. Like if you like your shit, you like your shit. Good, man. That's fine. And if you're listening to it and you're happy listening to it and you put it on, I'm going to respect it. I'm going to be happy watching you listen to music that you like listening to. <laughs> And that's fine. Everyone listens to fucking corn and Limp Bizkit really? in this world, in yeah. wrestling. And I, dude, it got to the point where I was just like, I can't try to make you guys understand that those bands are bad. <laughs> so now I'm just going to start liking it when it's on. <laughs> and I had to like fix my brain. I, dude, I still don't like it. I'm not putting it on in my personal time. But like when I'm hanging with wrestler dudes and they put Limp Bizkit on and they put corn on, I just kind of roll with it now. Like, it's not like, you know, it's, it's not worth it. And like, it's sick that they want to know about other music and stuff like that. And it's kind of sick that they want to show me music. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, that's where the idea came from for this, this podcast I want to do. And it, it was, it it literally is just like one day me, Hannah and, and Orange Cassidy were sitting at this, there was like a day where there was some sort of holiday, but we were happened to all be at the same place. So we all went to this like barbecue place. There was like cornhole outside and me, Hannah and Jim are orange are like sitting there. And he was just like in him. He was just like, you know, when someone's just like lost in something like me and Hannah were like talking and like orange was just sitting there going like this. And there was like a pop song on with like some like uh, female singer or whatever. Yeah. And I, I mean, dude, he was like somewhere else. He was just sitting there listening to a song. And I just asked him, I was like, dude, what is it about this song that like you like? And he was like, oh man, like her voice is so beautiful. Like listen mm. to this hook right here. And he was like, started pointing out like hooks and he started pointing out like. He gets it. stuff. It, dude, you could see how much like music kind of like moved him. 
Oh. And I was like, dude, how sick would it be to like have people who aren't in music talk about music and why it makes them like move hmm. in, in some way, shape or form. And dude, then you start think if you think of it that way and you see one of your friends who isn't into music like you yeah. listening to a, a, something that you normally would never listen to yeah, and then explain it to you you start seeing it with a different, like different perspective. Well, and yeah, because there's no, there's no like gatekeeping of like, ah, but the, uh, yeah, but the production is like, yeah, they don't know shit about anything. They don't know who played on it. They don't know. They just know that they like the way it hits their ears. That's like, like the most me, objective way to look like it, it really is. I have it? a phrase called coworker. Coworker approved is my music phrase. Where yeah, like, yeah. if I write a song and I show it to somebody who like, like if I show it to Brody, yeah. you know, I know he's going into it like it's fucking suck. Like I yeah. know where his <laughs> yeah. brain is coming from, you know. Uh, but like, but like, Dejani Johnson, my favorite coworker ever from a, yeah. t- a TV show I used to work on. If I I like I if I show him like eyes adjust, uh, and yeah. he's like. That's when I'm like, all right, this song is good. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My coworker likes it. That means it's good. Are there? It's um, so- go, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead, Bo. Are there other like besides Brody? Are there any corpsmen that you've met who you didn't know were into <sighs> even anything close to kind of where we come from? New York dudes kind of know about some shit. Yeah. Um, like I remember, like I brought up like Candiria to like Ortiz, and Ortiz knew about Candiria. Um, and I'll, I'll like, I, I, I kind of like wrote this paper and this is so weird at like 40, I was 43 at the time. And it was like last year and, uh, FTR and, and LAX were going to do, uh, they were going to finally work for the first time. And I had do that, like as a tag team wrestler, like that is seriously like fucking like, uh, that is like. I'm trying to think. It's like FDR Beethoven playing with Bach for the first time. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not even like, don't even like think of it like that. If you like look at their styles, it's like John Cougar Mellencamp versus like Candiria. Like it's like <laughs> LAX is like every single possible, proud and powerful is every single possible like genre in, in, in wrestling where like they're going to take some lucha thing. And now mind you, listen to me, like listen to the words I'm saying and equate it to music. Right. You can't. So, like, they take elements of, like, Lucha, Japanese, American, Memphis, old Florida, and they they will take it and then turn it and, like, make it their way. So, they'll take, like, the first half of a Lucha move and finish it with, like, this, like, American strong style. And then you have this, like, weird hybrid where, like, FTR is mainly just fucking go, go, go. They're just workhorses. And, like, it's... It's like that. And I wrote this like paper about like the juxtaposition between like styles and how you can equate it to music where it's like, you have this like American, like standard, just hard rock. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, ah, oh, here we are. You know, these yeah, guys drive yeah. pickup trucks and fucking, <laughs> you know, there's, there's dirt under their nails and like, you know what I mean? Like then you have like proud and powerful who are like street kids who like took all this like all these different like things and it made it into this like crazy thing so like you have this weird hybrid like candiria and i remember like making them like playlists i was like here listen to this and like this is you, know, you in music yeah, yeah 
Yeah. And I lit I literally I was too late on it. Like I I I got it to Tony Khan and I was like, hey man, like can I like do something with this? And it was just too late. Like he already 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 had stuff like planned for all this or whatever. But like I think of like wrestling when I think of like music, like almost like putting a playlist on. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Yeah, a lot of things just clicked in my brain with that. That's very It's weird, weird as fuck, man. When you see like you watch a certain match, like go back. There's a match. Um, there's a really great match. If anyone wants to watch it, it's low key um, in Japan wrestling for pro wrestling Noah against um, Kanemoto. And that match, the way they structure that match, it's like the sickest. It's like a death metal match, dude. Like it's just <laughs> fucking. It's so brutal, and like the way they like stack the end it's just like a breakdown at the end of a song. Like it, it's, it's like thinking of a song that like goes to a breakdown, like 43% burp by like Dillinger escape plan, where you just have all this stuff and then they hit you with like the big fucking hammer at the end. You know what I mean? Like, yes. and like it, if you can like equate that shit and watch wrestling and music, it's just, it's literally the same exact thing, but you're just watching, you're using your eyes instead of using your ears, but you're also using your ears because like, certain bumps are bigger than other bumps. Like, you know what I mean? Like, of course, in the beginning of a match, you're going to have like pitter patter in the middle of the match. You're going to have like, you're going to have a few big ones, but like everything's just going to be like medium. And then at the end, it's going to be boom, boom, sure boom. Yeah. Man, I, so, I like, wish more bands knew this analogy. Cause uh, yeah. I don't think a lot of people that write music understand that. Like you need to make me stay till the end. Yes. I like, I there's, other music is not your competition. Like, no. I, I, you know how many movies and TV shows I have access to right now that I want to watch, that I'm going to watch? But if I put on a new song and, like like you said, the the middle of the song, give me the give me the the, the, the extra pitter-patter mm. where yeah. I'm like, ooh, where's this going? <laughs> and then the finish, give me something that, like, at, by the end, the finish is the only, basically the only thing you're going to remember. Yeah, in mm. wrestling and in music, a lot of the time. Yeah, a lot of people remember the beginning and the end. That's give me, it. Give me this a is blowing my mind, dude. Yeah, the the it, it's so interesting. Also, yeah. something I've noticed about you know very few wrestlers who are like really doing it who I've met, and it's similar with with musicians and touring musicians specifically. They do not mind talking shop all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. When when me and me and my friend picked up Brody after the the New Japan thing and we went and got food, I'm always like I don't want to, I don't want to ask. Yeah, and loves it. Yeah, Doesn't, but the yeah. thing is, is like that's like, uh, it's, uh, like I'm trying to like. Being in a band is very narcissistic. There's a lot of things like that we don't like normal people don't have fucking 400 people screaming at them mm -hmm. like it's just not a normal thing like it's it's a it's a very weird thing that we do and like it fills your head with weird things and like understanding like for 24 years dude i got adulation every single night and then now i don't i have it once a week obviously like i'm still in entertainment but like that like going into a show and like walking on stage with a guitar and then like everyone feels that presence yeah it's a really fucked up thing to a normal person because they don't get that. You know what I mean? They never, they never get that. So like, you know, a, a crowd of like 
four people and them telling like a really cracking joke, like that's their audience. You know what I mean? And they never really get to feel what we do. Um, where was I going with this? What did we start talking about? You're talking about, uh, the last thing I said was talking. Show. Oh yeah, yeah. So like, dude, it's a prideful thing. Like what we do is prideful and like in wrestling, you're not, it's not in a band. So everything we do on in wrestling, you build yourself. So like we have to build the character and we have to like make sure that that character is like protected. And like, there's like a weird, like it's a narcissist thing because like it's mine, you know what I mean? So like when you want to talk shop, of course I want to talk shop. I'm proud of this. You know what I mean? Uh. And I think that with wrestling, dude, it's so um, wizard of Oz. You know what I mean? Everything is behind the veil. So of course you should have questions, right? You know what I mean? Like, That's what got me back into wrestling like four or five years ago, whenever I started watching again was because when I was a kid, I didn't know about the behind the scenes stuff. And then I was touring and you learn about music behind the scenes stuff and industry stuff and all that shit. And then once you start, once you put on like a couple top 10 moments of this or whatever on YouTube, top 10, dude. Oh, I mean, that's what did is like the, the top 20 WWE returns of all time. When fucking, when diesel walks into the, whatever Royal rumble that is. And everyone goes insane. Like, and then you start to kind of watch shoot interviews and blah, blah, blah. And you realize like, Oh, this is, Oh, this band got a push. Oh, this wrestler is getting like, it's the same fucking. And that is, that is specifically what, was the catalyst that got me back into wrestling a few years ago. And that's yeah. why this show, that's what this show it, kind yeah, of is. Yeah, straight up, yeah. In a music sense. Yeah. Andy, one of my but favorite... But that's a good thing. Please. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was going to I'm, I'm segueing, so like, if you have anything else. Tour. <laughs> no, no, go. One of my favorite memories, period, was 4th of July in the middle of fucking nowhere, Missouri, yeah. and you grilling... And us lighting off fireworks in a parking oh, lot and getting best. getting yelled at and playing bags, cornhole, and just being like on warp tour with like we yeah. we say this often and I am gonna I, I'm gonna embarrass you a little bit, but we do say that like every time I die from having not met you to touring with you to then touring again on warp tour, which is like simultaneously the easiest and most difficult tour yeah. at the same time. I, I, I wish every one of my friends got a chance to do Warped Tour that didn't that have the opportunity to like see it. Yeah. Because everyone would have like some sort of connotation. And it was like, dude, like you're living on a city. You live yeah. on this like weird moving city. And it's, it's not the city you're in. It's this weird bubble. It's, it's, it's a weird, strange thing, but it's great. I'll never know. And yeah, I mean, dude, honest to God, I hope it comes back. I would love to do another one. It yeah. was It was straight up best tour we've ever done. I love it. Yeah. But what I was going to say is you guys are often the example of like, if, if harm's way or whatever we're involved with ever, like got bigger, got to a point where it's like, like where every time I die was, it's like, that's how we need to operate from like striking drums at, at small shows just to give the other bands room yeah. to like, you guys would finish and immediately start tearing down together as a group to yeah. being easy about monetary stuff and all the, the like high end bullshit. Uh, that was it. it. Like you guys were straight up. And again, I'm going to embarrass you like the closest <laughs> thing to rock stars 
in our music without being fucking assholes. You know what I mean? Without being a rock star. Yeah. And it was just always like, you have to like, I I think that like the, the five of us always had the, our only agenda for a show was that it was a show. You know what I mean? Like from the first band to the last band, like you're there enjoying the show. And like a lot of bands take that away from the opening bands. And like that would happen to us all the time. We would tour with bands we were friends with and we would open for them. And then they would push the drums. Dude, they have nothing on stage, but the drums would be pushed up as far as they could do. And you're like, and like, I've never like, I guess maybe now I would probably do it. Cause like, it's kind of fucked up. Like looking back, like, dude, we're friends. And you know that, like, the band that we are, we have to move around stage. Yeah, so totally. you're literally taking that away from us. Mm-hmm, totally. To make us, and you could push your shit back fucking, like, eight feet. But, like, bands will do that. And they're like, I never wanted to get to a point where, like, we were doing that dumb bullshit where it was like, our name needs to be this much bigger on the flyer. Because You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's so petty and bullshit, and you're yeah. missing the point. And if that's the shit you care about on tour, like, you honestly don't get it. <laughs> That's exactly my point that you guys were like the perfect example of a band that had momentum and was killing it, but was fucking super punk and DIY. Yeah. Perfect. Well, per- we the we perfect. learned it all from Converge. I, I know that. I know that. Yeah. I, I know that. And we've toured with them too. And I can yeah. say the same thing straight up. Yeah. Just and that was easy. like, dude, that I, like Converge is like the model band. I, I mean, like, whether regardless of music, like, they're the model band. They've been together for 30 years. Yeah. Like, doing what they want to do. They never fucking ever, ever compromised. And they still aren't compromising. And they did a record that you could consider a compromise with fucking Chelsea Wolf, And it ended up being, like, one of the best records oh, that's of awesome. all time. That's awesome. It's unreal, dude. Like, and I, I think, uh, that I think to Neurosis me, is their Converge, right? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Like their, their yeah, example. and that's true. That, like, again, dude, like, you want to talk about a band that's done any everything they've ever wanted to do. And that was, that should be the goal, dude, right? Being to being in a band, doing everything you want to do. Well, yeah. also being Neurosis. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'll never get to do? What? Tour with Every Time I Die. Well, you don't know, but maybe uh, you'll tour with me, though. Now we're now you're cooking, baby. There yeah. you go, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah. That this was, was uh, this was a, a, a wonderful pleasure. Uh, we barely talked about touring. I mean, we talked about some bugs on my arm and then stuff like that. Well, I just mean, do a part part two. I'll do this anytime. You guys awesome. ever ask me? I'll always awesome. Do. Yeah, there are certain there are certain people who I know we will have on. Yeah, yeah, because. I just know we just scratched the surface. Give them <laughs> categories every yeah. time. Next next time I'm on, like have a have like a bullet point that we can yeah. talk about. It. And I then that couple, way you just yeah. yeah yeah yeah. And then the next time you pick another one, and that yeah. Uh, anyways, this is a great. This is an. This is an. That's an awesome background. But this is a great <laughs> podcast. Like, if you guys like honestly like do this right and have people like talking about tour and like. It's kind of hard. And like, like I said, I didn't really want to talk about this stuff, but I'll just say it right now. I just haven't talked publicly about the band breaking up. So like, um, it's one of those things like, man, you guys don't realize like when it's gone, you like, you don't realize how much you respected it. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that type of thing, the, the little bullshit that like, dude, showing up at a venue and seeing a fucking monitor guy wearing a fucking kilt 
Like, I'll never fucking, you know what I mean? Like, it's gone, man. Like, you know what I mean? And then, like, I want that. You know, and it, when you don't have it, you've done something for 24 years, like, you start realizing, like, when the band first broke up, I was like, oh, fuck, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm yeah. 44. This has been my, the thing that made me money for so long. And, like, how long, you know, wrestling is only my, it's only going to last. I'm 44, dude. You know what I mean? So you, you have these freak outs like that. And then, then there's like grieving and I'm still grieving and stuff like that. But like, you just have this, like these weird memories that you kind of remember. And it's not the memories you think you would remember when the, when something's gone mm. and it's the dumb shit. It's just the it's, dumb yeah. shit. It's, it's, it's like, like going to eating steak in Vegas. You know oh, what I mean? Like with that was you guys. one of the best meals of my whole life. Dude. You know what I mean? Like that, Delmonico's. that type of shit. Oh, Shout out Delmonico's. Shout out to Shout Emerald. Out to but like, it, you know, like it's, it's things like that, that like you don't realize you, you're not going to have one day. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's hard to think about. I thought I was going to get way more emotional and I'm not. So that's great. So right. that means I'm kind of moving on. Um, but like, it, it's, it's that shit where like, dude, like, I used to hate getting up in the morning and getting in the van. Now, dude, when Hannah and I like get to go drive somewhere, I'm like, like, I'm so ready to get in the van and just, or a car and go. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And, and, um, she's been really good at that. So she'll like always kind of take me on a little like road trip just so I can get back on the road, get a sheets in me and then oh, hell go yeah. home. And she's the best man. Khaled, we once on, yeah, on work tour, we, we Ubered from wherever we were in maybe West Virginia. Yeah. Ubered into Ohio just to go to sheets. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it just made a run. And like at, during the day, you're that day, you're probably like, man, like we're just going to do this. It's going to be a pain in the ass. But now you think about that and you talk about that and you're like, I would give anything to do that. Again. Anything. Uh, yeah. No problem. Anything. Yeah. The biggest inconveniences like, become yeah. the best memories. Yeah. Because I, dude, and the thing is too, man, like the one thing that like, I hope that you guys, I mean, you guys have been touring for a really long time, but like, don't, don't like lose the wonder, man. You know what I mean? Like go see shit. And fucking, there were so many times where like, I wish I had spent the time to just walk around downtown some Wherever. city or like yeah, yeah. go see something. And you know, it's, it's, I always kind of got freaked out. I would get to town and, and I would like, be like, Oh man, I gotta get a workout in. I gotta, you know what I mean? I'd have like my list mm -hmm. and I totally blew past like seeing stuff. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So now it's, it's cool. Like when I'm in these cities and I can like get up early and just kind of cruise and go see some shit and then go to the show. It's, it's kind of nice. I kind of yeah. just, I kind of just got the wonder, which is, which sucks. You I, mean, I, got, I got it a little too late. I, I like, I look at the, some of the cities I've been, I'm like, well, I would have liked to have done that. And I, I think I was just so tired oh, yeah, man. the whole time that I never did anything. Yeah. Dude, we got to do it. Yeah. We, we have like a, at like, we're like a five out of five. Everyone goes and does stuff. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Taylor, yeah. your brother didn't do shit. No, that's where I get it from. I tore yeah. with him. So I'm, I'm in the, the don't do stuff band. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You also tour with your brother, man. That's like really cool. Like that, like to me, like that's something that like, I don't know. You know what I mean? I, I never had a, I never had a family member on tour with me. I wish yeah. I had. It, yeah. it like Taylor and I's <laughs> dynamic is, is like very unique. You know, he's like yeah. kind of my brother, kind of my best friend, but also we'll be like, fuck you, you know? 
Yeah, of course. Um, which is, you know, that's that's par for the course. But it, it like it it keeps us both well behaved, I think. Like neither of yeah. us are like uh what's the word? I don't know. Like neither of us are freaks, like yeah. in any yeah. capacity. So I think being together we're like maybe that's why we're not fun to tour with and maybe you might want to quit our band. Um, so like I get it, but uh, yeah, I, I think I'm ready to start having fun. Oh, wow. yeah, dude. But I just yeah. I'm not touring anymore, so it's like it's too late for me to have fun. Yeah, but dude, God's God's you know, hate. You're gonna go to Japan. Yeah, you know you're gonna be touring. It's a, don't, don't say you're so. not touring. You're in like you're actively in like 16 bands. At some point in time, everybody one of those thinks bands that, but only through. like one of them is even doing stuff. There's a yeah, new but th- one, but that... that one can kill fests. The last time us and every time I die played together was at Unify Fest in Australia that paid super great and is basically yeah. like a one-off warp tour show and Eats had played and it was one of yeah. those like ah, kind of things and mm. we was, were there for 18 hours. Yeah, I remember that. There's no Wait, did you reason. stay at that wait, did you guys stay at that weird house with us? No, we drove back to our our friends. Oh. We stayed at the scary house and I this big house in the middle of this field. And I had just listened to this like true crime story about a fucking city in Australia, close to where we were, where these dudes came in and literally like macheted a family. Oh, sick. So I'm like, I, dude, I was terrified to stay. I was like, I remember like calling Han and I was like, dude, I, I, I might get macheted tonight. Like I might, <laughs> someone might come in here and fucking machete. Me. There's dude, a I, don't machete listen, I can't guy. listen to true crime anymore. I can't listen to true crime anymore. Oh, wow. Yeah, can't do it. Yeah. Right, you perverts. It was surrounded by high grass, and they straight up were like, don't go in there. Yeah. Just like, wow. don't don't wander into the grass. Because there's a machete guy? No, fucking velociraptors or whatever they have. Oh. Yeah, there could be anything. Dude. Australia's Snakes. got those real oh. bad. Something could grab you and just take you. <laughs> no one would ever know. Yeah. Well, all right, man. <laughs> this was a right. wonderful conversation. Hour Have me on again. Have me on again. Yeah, you got absolutely. it, dude. Yeah. This will. This might be two parts. I don't know. It's fucking long. Yeah. so that's awesome. Do it. But I have a segment. A, I'll, I'll tell a joke every week. I, don't I know. love. Oh, see, you'll be our. Uh, what's the guy on? What's the guns? Uh, uh, Duff, McKagan? Duff McKagan. Yeah, you'll be our Duff McKagan. <laughs> but All I'll right. do it like this, and then, and then I'll hey. just leave. All right. Um, this All was right, a, a pleasure, Andy. It's always good to see you. It's been so long. Uh, we might yeah. see you this month at, or I might see you at Double or Nothing. So that'll be nice. You'll 100% see me at Double or Nothing. I'm, I'll be there. I might. Yeah. If, if you're going to go there, I'll be there. Now we're, now we're cooking, baby. Yeah, well, yeah. we'll see you all next week. Andy will be back very soon because this was just so lovely. Please. So thank you guys and see you next week. Please. All right. Love you guys. Bye. That sucks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>